0: Hello and welcome to Eastlake Plus, a positive podcast sponsored by the Eastlake Educational Foundation. We're here with Spotlight in Education and my special guest this evening is Dr. Moises Aguirre, Superintendent for the Sweetwater Union High School District. Dr. Aguirre, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Happy to be here. We're very happy to have you here and excited that you're taking some time out. of. I know it's a very busy time for you and and everybody in education. Um, And we want to start with a few questions that we have here. Um, The first one is we want to congratulate you on two years as superintendent. I'm sure that's gone by very fast.
1: It it has. It's been the two shortest years of my life as well as the two longest (laughs) years of my life, a little bit of both.
0: I agree. I think we all can kind of relate to that. Um, can you tell us, as you uh, reflect kind of going forward, uh, based on these two years of experience that you've had, uh, what are your hopes and dreams for the students in our community?
1: You know, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for having me on today. Uh, my hope and my dream really is that make sure that our students have the ability to explore, to learn, whether it's a passion that they have. It could be athletics. It could be art. It could be math. It could be science really have those robust opportunities for our students to participate in their own learning. Um, Just last night, we had a a presentation at our board meeting where we presented uh, some of the steps we're taking on student empowerment to make sure that our students have a voice and active participation in their own learning experience. And that's really my hope, that every student has that ability, whether it's CTE, whatever it may be, Um, to have those options, those, those pathways, and really opportunities to build experiences uh, also to build lifelong learners.
0: Do you want to expand on any of those steps that you shared with the board uh, last night with our audience?
1: Yes, definitely. So one of the areas we're looking at is how do we support uh, the cultural uh, areas of our stu- of our district? So some of our students uh, participate in Black Student Union. Uh, other students participate in the Gay Straight Alliance Clubs, uh, also MetCha Clubs. Uh, this uh, upcoming weekend, uh, we have a Filipino uh, group meet, meeting uh, gathering as well. So just the ability for our students to really explore who they are mm-hmm. um, and then really support their learning. Um, and because the social-emotional learning really goes hand-in-hand with the academic learning, and that's what we're focusing on.
0: It sounds like you're putting together programs and activities to support a sense of belonging to students.
1: Definitely. That's, uh, it, it also speaks to the moment we're coming, we're, we're currently living through. Uh, during COVID, everybody was very much kind of in our silos. We were, we were at home. So now that we've had an opportunity over the last about a, approximately about a year now uh, to be back in person, really to allow those opportunities for explorations, uh, for, identif- for looking at those areas of identity and how do we fit? And so there's um, a researcher out of uh, Harvard, Marshall Gans, speaks of the story of me, the story of we, and the story of now. And so how do I explore kind of my own identity? How does that fit within a larger context um, of our community? And then how does that help support uh, whatever interests or
0: passions I may have? That's terrific. Thank you for sharing that. It's great Mm -hmm. to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned COVID and definitely has had an impact on education and, in fact, in all aspects of society. Um, And we wonder what positive results have emerged due to the digital learning that was brought on by the pandemic.
1: You know, I think that's a great question because it really speaks to some of the things that we, a lot of times the focus is on, on, on what wasn't working, but during COVID, one thing that we found was it really offered an opportunity for educators to really embrace uh, uh, learning platforms, online learning platforms, mm-hmm. so really standardized online uh, education. Uh, you know, it took a lot of learning, and the learning had to be within a very short period of time, but I think at the end of the day, now coming out of, of this pandemic, We do have the ability to leverage technology to offer opportunities for learning uh for for uh, how we engage in a way that's virtual in a way that's hybrid in a way that's in person and really for us to be able to leverage these multimodal opportunities for for growth for learning uh, for engaging in the community um, I've talked to a number of parents who really appreciated the ability to have a coffee with the principal mm-hmm. uh, on Zoom or on Teams. The ability, if you're working up in Miramar, if you're working in downtown San Diego, and your your students are um, at Eastlake High School, at Eastlake Middle School, the ability to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, we have these opportunities to connect. It holds for parents. It holds for staff. It holds for our students. Um, students can now gather virtually, and they're probably the the, the ones who are really experts at, at that nowadays. Right. Um, but it really op- opened up, I think, um, whereas before this pandemic, uh, our virtual learning and our virtual opportunities uh, were probably confined to early adopters, those mm-hmm. who were very familiar with gadgets right. and devices. And all of a sudden, we're all early adopters. We all had to uh, learn, um, you know, these different platforms. I mean, Before COVID, I think a lot of people didn't know what Zoom was or right, MS yeah. Teams. And so I think there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of growth. Um, resiliency is something we talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. So something that came out of as a result of uh, this experience is the ability to be resilient. As our, as our students go out into the world and go into college or career or service, I think the ability to really uh, engage in, in a way that that allows us to connect in a way that, that is unique and leverages these platforms is really, really uh, new to us and is one of the learnings
0: that, and opportunities that we now have. That's terrific. It's nice to hear what you think the students have learned and shown through this experience. The resiliency, I think, is something that's really important. And as you mentioned, can carry them through in other aspects of their life. Um, I wonder if you could take a minute and express to us uh, what you learned about your staff and teachers during the course of the pandemic.
1: Yeah. So one thing I want to say is that our staff, our teachers, our administrators, our cafeteria workers, our bus drivers, the rock stars that we have in our community, the unsung heroes that we have, a lot of our staff went above and beyond, um, especially in the early days, there was you know, there was a lot of unknowns, um, but I really want to acknowledge the staff, the, our staff and the work that everybody put in. I think the love for our community really show, showed through. Um, we had a lot of difficult events that happened throughout and just the way we all came together as a community. You know, We all have our agreements and disagreements. Some of us may root for the Dodgers and you root for the Dodgers <laughs> or the Padres. Um, and that's just kind of using as something unjust. But I really believe that we have had an opportunity, no matter what our differences are, to really come together as a community. And our staff was a great example of that in leading that process. Um, again, I don't want to leave anybody out because I'm thinking of everybody, oh, my God, as the principals, as the assistant principals, the teachers, it's the classified staff, the cafeteria. I guess there's just so many uh, people in our community who came together to make a difference to support our students, to support our communities, um, you know, it was it was a it was a challenging time, mm-hmm. and I'm glad we're here. But I also think it's important for us to reflect and to learn on what we can do better. What are those things
0: that we now, because of having gone through this, we've learned to do. That's terrific. Uh, we're here today with Dr. Moises Aguirre, the superintendent of the Sweetwater Union High School District, um, and as an alum of a school in the district, Hilltop High, um, and also San Diego State University, I was really proud when uh, Sweetwater established the Compact for Success with San Diego State University, and there's been some questions about what is the current status of that program, so can you share with us the status of the Compact for Success program?
1: Definitely, and that's a program that we're really proud of in our district. It's truly a gem of a, of a program uh, within the county, and really it's really unique in terms of a university and school district uh, perspective. So the current status is that we have an agreement through the year 2024. Uh, we had a meeting, a, a number of our team members at the district met with uh, Dr. De La Torre uh, and some members of, of the San Diego State uh, team as well, uh, they made a commitment to us that even beyond the 2024 year, uh, there would be that commitment. At this point, uh, the California State University system as a whole is really reevaluating their admissions process from the perspective of um, at this point, they've as a system have made a decision that the SAT will no longer be required. Mm-hmm. I believe it'll be uh, accepted on an optional basis. And they're also looking at other variables um, that are going to come into their determination of their admissions process. And so while they're going through that, that process internally as a university system, uh, they, they did make that commitment to us as, as a school district. They're definitely interested in, in continuing this, this commitment. Um, you know how that looks and, and whether they, they look at uh, making some uh, suggestions for changes and modifications, that's very likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, the question of access um, is critical. We want to make sure our students have access and also that exposure to make sure that our students know that we have this partnership with a major university. Um, I do, uh, I believe, I res- recently read an article that they've opened a media center in the city of Chula Vista, yes. San Diego State has. So I think that shows that over the long term there's that, that commitment from the university to have the, uh, that the relationship uh, with our district. You know, I also uh, graduated there for my master's and my, and my doctorate. So I'm also an, a very proud alumni, and, and I very awesome. much appreciate that, that relationship we have.
0: I think our folks will be happy to hear that. and There's a program that everybody's proud of here, so it's great to hear that that's going to continue. Terrific. Um, our last question is, the world of work is changing quickly, and so we wonder what supports have emerged to help the district pivot to make sure our students are ready for these opportunities. So
1: there's multiple things we, we're working on. Um, one of them, for example, is... There's an A3G grant implementation uh, uh, grant that came through. Uh, we're currently in the process of putting that in place. Um, it should begin really in earnest uh, in beginning in January. And so right now is the planning aspects, the uh, planning steps, uh, looking at what we're going to do to support mathematics. Um, from, a, from a kind of making sure our students uh, accelerate their learning, we're also focusing on, on literacy and numeracy. Um, we very much have taken a look at the data, and the data indicates there's a, a significant degree of need mm-hmm. um, in these two areas of literacy and numeracy, and therefore uh, we're focusing on that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with um, uh, another organization called Big Picture Learning um, to come in and work uh, at, in a pilot uh, program manner. And what they do is they really help with internships, externships, and um, really have an opportunity for our students to learn um, and you know, I mentioned at the at the top, uh, really about uh, the the ability to explore, mm-hmm. and that exploration. And you might think you want to be an engineer, mm-hmm. and you go, uh, you know, maybe you do an internship at Qualcomm, and all of a sudden you think, yeah, maybe I want to be a teacher. Right. And maybe you think you want to be a teacher, and you do an internship, you have a, a you know an experience, and you think, well, maybe I want to be an engineer. Um. So really, uh, we're looking to pilot some of these opportunities uh, for our students to have that the ability to to experience what uh, the world of work uh, looks like. Beca- we also are participating in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a group, I don't necessarily want to call it an association, but it's other districts as well, mm-hmm. in how we how we put together, structure, and develop our career technical education. I think there's a lot of um, uh, assumptions that may no longer hold true. Mm-hmm. We need to kind of continue to move forward in the fact that now career technical education, you, some of us think of, uh, what nowadays is our auto technolo- automotive technology, and in the right. past it was auto shop. Um, but it's really evolved. You can't work on a vehicle without having a very deep level of understanding about computers. We right. right? have electric vehicles, and the state of California is going to transition uh, to an all-electric vehicle fleet by the year 2035. Mm-hmm. While that sounds you know, very far into the future for many of us, uh, for our students, it's, it's not that far off. So really the ability to have uh, our students have those experiences, and really uh, the opportunity to explore, again, they're something they might be curious about, something that they might be uh, really wanting to learn a little bit more about. So we've also partnered with um, uh, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, mm-hmm. National Electrical uh, Contractors Association, NECA, and IBEW. We went to visit their training facility about two weeks ago. We're also learning from our from our peer districts. Um, they might be doing some innovative things. We can learn from them and they can learn from us. So we're in the, in the process of visiting other, other districts uh, within San Diego County and uh, far, as far as uh, Los Angeles County. Mm-hmm. So, again, there's other schools. Why can't we share? Mm-hmm. That's definitely something we want to ex- encourage our own curiosity as adult learners to bring, make sure we're bringing uh, really Vanguard technology and Vanguard opportunities and
0: Vanguard programs uh, to our students. Well, those sounds like terrific happenings at our Sweetwater Union High School District schools. So, Dr. Gary, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. We appreciate you and taking your time uh, to share with our listeners the good things that are happening here locally. So, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you all for being here on East Lake Plus, a positive podcast. This is Spotlight Education. Until next time, be well, and thank you for listening.